enough of that, Tony. How's everybody doing? Good. That's good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Ain't <laughs> yeah, no problem. So, I know. That's my point, Tony. <laughs> all right. So, you guys all know what's happening next week? Kind of, yeah. Actually, yeah, it is next week. Saturday, dude. It's 10 days away. I still have to do some Christmas shopping. <laughs> I know, right? Dude, time is like so abnormal anymore. I don't even know. I literally, so I've been wearing like a blue shirt every day to work for the past how many years? Blue shirt. Blue's Day Tuesday. I wore a red shirt yesterday. I was so bummed. I know. I thought it was Wednesday yesterday. I couldn't remember what day it was, like half the day. It was awful. Anyways, next week, Christmas party, right? Wear your ugly what? Face. No, man, no, sweater. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah, shut up. All right, so, <laughs> ugly, Chris, ugly Christmas sweaters, right? Bring a friend. We're going to have pizza, or not pizza, food. I don't know what we're going to have. We'll figure that out when we get here. Um, food, friends, fun, ugly Christmas sweater contest. Not just, yeah, well, you have a week. You have a week to figure that out. Anyways. Um, and after that, the following week, we are not having youth. So next week will be our last youth of this year. Because I said so. Because I was told to say so. Yeah, because I was told to say so. So next week will be our end of the year youth Christmas party, as well as the last of, yeah, no more youth this year after next week. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, and in the three weeks we'll be back. You got that? Yeah. You got that? Okay. Oh, boy. Yes. Except for, like, Sunday, obviously. You got that? And New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve party, or not party, service, which is next Friday. Be there. Okay. Christmas Eve. Did I say New Year's Eve? Oh. You did. You said New Year's Eve. I'm over this. I'm out. So be there or be square. Some of you will be square regardless. I said be there or be square. Yes. Be squared. I got you. All right. Well, cool. How are you guys doing tonight? Yeah? You guys awake? Kind of? Maybe? Are you awake? Sweet. Are you guys done Christmas shopping? Yes. Yeah. Thank God I am done. I'm done. This is a true statement, but we still don't have a present for them. I mean, we do. It's on the way. But, all right. All right. So, why don't I, uh, why don't we pray real quick and get into the Word? Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for this season. Jesus, we thank you for coming as a baby. God, so that uh, you would know what we go through on a day-to-day basis, and yet still live it better than we could ever could. Jesus, I just ask that you would use every word tonight. Holy Spirit, that you would exalt Jesus in our hearts, make him so big, God, that everything else would just fade into the darkness. 
We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, last week, does anybody remember what our message was on? Anybody remember? God with us. God with us? Okay. Very good. All right. So, last week we talked about the humanity of Jesus, right? And how he was just like us, right? He was born through Mary, who was a 14-year-old, which is crazy. And she was a virgin. Don't, don't forget that. Um, no, which is amazing, because that's truly a miracle. Um, he came, he was birthed, he was born, sorry. He grew up, he had to learn how to walk, he had to learn how to talk, he had to learn how to... Uh, tie a sandal. They didn't have shoes back then. Um, you know, they <laughs> he learned how to do a trade. He was a carpenter, right? All the while being God. Do not take that out of context. He was totally God. But Philippians 2, it said that he put aside his divine privileges, meaning his... The dude could have called down legions of angels, and he didn't. Like, Jesus is God, okay? Um, but he put aside those things that would make life easier, and he chose to take the hard route for us. So, um, we can rely on him as our high priest because he lived our life better than us, and he knows our struggles. He even took on our sin on the cross and became those very sins and bore the wrath of God for us. That's what we talked about last week. So if you weren't here, and you're not subscribed to the Spotify podcast, it's there. Every week. It's recorded. So you guys can go back and listen to it. Okay? So if God strikes your heart on something, go back and listen to it. Alright? So this week, we're going to dive into Jesus as God. So Emmanuel, God with us, he is 100% God, 100% man. Don't ask me to do the math. I don't get it either. Okay? But he was fully God, fully man. No. God's math does not make sense to us. But he was fully God. Only God could die for sinners. So he had to be God. But he also had to be human to fulfill the old covenant. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. I'm getting too technical. Okay. Alright. So, <laughs> this week we will talk about five specific things that Jesus is called in just one verse amongst many, 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 many other things. Alright? Just five. <laughs> Alright. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 9-6. When you're there, say, Got it. Wait. 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 All right. <clears throat> so, Isaiah 9.6. This is a prophecy in Isaiah, which was... I can't remember the exact number. It's hundreds of years before Jesus even stepped on the planet. All right? It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. 
the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're going to go over each one of these. All right. So, number one is wonderful. What do you think of when you hear the word wonderful? Aw, oh, thanks. Some really good news. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. What if you turned it backwards? Full of wonder. Full of wonder. The word wonder literally means incomprehensible. So when you see some beautiful art or like the Grand Canyon, you're filled with wonder, right? Like what created that? You know what I mean? I could just picture God's finger just going like, oh, this will look cool. <laughs> Create the Grand Canyon. I'm serious. What do, you, what do you think he did with all the fish in the sea? Like, oh, let's do this and let it fly. Right? Wonderful, being wonderful is a part of the nature of Jesus. He is full of wonder. He's not a boring God. Jesus will blow your mind if you give him the chance. Have you ever had your mind blown? I have. <laughs> Jesus is so much more than that very thing that made you say, wow. So whatever it was, seeing a piece of art, listening to, for me, it's metal, all right? I love metal music. And some of the riffs and like the double bass pedal combinations that they do, I'm just like, how? What? Yes. And by the way, I only listen to Christian metal because... Other stuff can be satanic, so, you know, whatever. But um, those things are just a fraction of what Jesus is. Jesus is wonderful in a way that is boggling to the mind. The same word for wonderful is used in Judges 13, 18, when Manoah, Samson's father, everybody know who Samson is? Big, strong guy with long hair, got it cut off by a girl named Delilah because he was messing around with her. Lost his anointing? Yeah, don't do it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Samson's father asked the Lord, which in this context, it was an angel of the Lord, which is Jesus in the Old Testament. It's called a theophany. What his name was. The angel of the Lord responded, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? In other words, why do you ask my name since it is beyond your understanding? Jesus demonstrated his wonderfulness in various ways when he was on earth. Beginning with his conception in the womb of a virgin, he showed he is the wonderful one in his power to heal. Did he heal everybody he touched? 100% all the time. His amazing teaching, his perfect life, and his resurrection from the dead. Jesus taught many wonderful things that are counterintuitive to the human mind. He taught, blessed are those who mourn. That makes no sense. 
right? <laughs> Rejoice and be glad in persecution. Huh? Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Oh, man, we hate that one, don't we? We want to knock them out. But Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Jesus, kind of wonderful, is awe-inspiring and superior to any other kind, for he is perfect in every way. What this doesn't say is actually what happens in heaven. And I mentioned it last week, two weeks ago. The angels in the throne room, do, they, do you think that they're bored with God? No. Uh-uh. You know how I know? Because they've been crying the same song for 5,000 years. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They've been crying that out for 5,000 years and it never gets old to them. You know why? Because God is so big that they see a new part of his nature every time they fly around the throne. And here we sit, bored, on our phones, in church. When the angels are full of eyes. It's crazy. Read it. Isaiah 6. They are full of eyes, inside and out. And all those eyes gaze upon the beauty of God. And they sing, holy, you are different. You are other than. There is no one like you. If we could just catch a glimpse <laughs> of what they see, we would fall dead like John in John, or, uh, Revelation 1. <laughs> it says that he fell as dead in front of Jesus. He wasn't dead. He fell as dead. So Jesus is just too beautiful to not look at. So number one is wonderful. Counselor is number two. How many of you guys have a guidance counselor at school? Do they actually help you? No. <laughs> she said no. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> so counselors are helpers, right? They help you get through your mess. They help you figure out what to do with your life. They, I don't know. People go to counselors for different kinds of things. There's a financial counselor. There's a, you know, whatever. Life coach, you know, all kinds of stuff. So... But the second part of Jesus' title is the word counselor. In ancient Israel, a counselor was portrayed as a wise king. And there were none as wise as Solomon. And he gave amazing advice to his people. If you guys have never read Proverbs, read them. <laughs> they will make you wise. I'm not just saying that. They will. Isaiah uses this word again in verse 28 and 29 to describe the Lord. Um, let me get through all the jumbo here. So Jesus is a wise counselor. He did not need any testimony about anybody, for he knew what was in each person's heart. He is able to advise his people thoroughly because he is qualified in ways no human counselor is. <laughs> this is good. In Christ, now I want you to picture this. Inside of Christ is hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, yet we never consult him. We never consult the counselor. How many of you guys need wisdom? We all need wisdom, right? We all need 
to know how to do things, right? The one who put this planet into orbit, who breathed everything into existence, knows everything. And yet we go to everybody else but him. He wants to be your personal counselor. When you're feeling sad, when you're feeling alone, when you feel like tearing into somebody, when you're feeling like, you know, whatever. I've seen shows where people like sit down with a shrink and they're like, yeah, somebody, did, so-and-so did this to me and I just can't let him go. You know, they're like sitting on the bed and they're like talking and whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Couch. Like the little God is so much better than that. Because, yeah. <laughs> like listen, he will, he, he's done this to me plenty of times. I've been complaining to God, and he will be like, Ryan, you're missing the point. And he'll shoot right straight to the heart of the issue. <laughs> he'll take an arrow and shoot it straight in. It's like, oh, okay. One time I was arguing with my, with my wife, and we were both arguing, thought that we were both right. And I heard God say, do you want to be right, or do you want to be like me? She's always right. You missed the point. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be like me? There's a big difference. You can be right all you want, but being right doesn't make you like him. I'll leave that there. All right. So Christ's position as our wonderful counselor means we can trust him to listen to our problems and guide us in the right direction. We can be sure he is listening because he told us to pray to him about our worries. We can be certain he has our best interests at heart because he loves us and his love is so wide and deep that we cannot fully understand it. So wonderful counselor, mighty God, this one's fun. So mighty is a translation of the word, the Hebrew word, gabor, which is defined as strength, power, hero, or warrior. So Isaiah 9.6 tells us that Jesus is el gabor. Yahweh is my warrior. What do you need him to fight for you? Or what are the things that you need him to fight for? in your life? Are there things in your life that you can't overcome? Are there things in your life that you think are too big for you? Guess what? They are. What can I say? They are. They're big. But they're not too big for him. He's bigger than everything. So do you need strength in your life? Do you need a hero to deliver you? Do you need a warrior to help you fight and win your battles? Jesus is your man because Jesus is the mighty God. It actually says in John 1 that through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made. And all things were created by him and for him and in him all things hold together. Think about this. In him all things hold together. So that chair that you're sitting on right now is held together by the word of God that went out 5,000 years ago when he created this world. 
Did you catch that? The word that he said, let there be light, and now we have light everywhere. It hasn't stopped. Everything is held together by him, you included. So when you feel like everything is too hard, when you feel like everything is falling around you, he is the one holding you together. In fact, I don't know if you know this or not. I'll have to show you guys the video sometime. There's actually a molecule called lan lanolin, I think. It's a human protein, and it's in every cell in your body. It's shaped like a cross. It is shaped like a cross. It's in every cell of your body. Yeah. You know, like, there's a frequency that the stars sing that is to the tune of how great is our God? I don't doubt it one bit. He's, he's left his fingerprints all over stuff. All over it. Yeah, they just refuse to give in. All right. So number four is everlasting father. So... The Hebrew word translated everlasting has the idea of without end. So in, uh, let's see. Sorry. Jesus is the father of eternity. Him and the father are one, right? Father, son, Holy Spirit, all one. Now that may not make sense, but all right. The emphasis is looking. Oh, geez. All right. In ancient times, the father of the nation here. We'll just go here, and then we'll get to the next one. Was viewed in much the same way as the father of a family. It was the father who was to protect and provide for his kids. In the same way, this child to be born will become a king who will be a father to the children of Israel. He will protect and provide for them. So Jesus protects and provides for us, right? He's like a father, right? And his role as protector and provider will not be limited by aging or death. His role as father will continue in perpetuity. Oh gosh, sorry. This was like from a website. The full identity of the Messiah, he is God in the flesh and second person of the Trinity who would protect and provide for his people by his death and resurrection on their behalf and that Gentiles could also be grafted into the family of Israel. All you need to know from that point, sorry, everlasting Father, He wants to be your everything. He wants to provide for you. He wants to protect you. He wants you to know that you are His. In every facet. And He's made a way which leads me into my fifth point. He's made a way for us to be a part of his family. So even if you don't feel a part of your family here on earth, you can be a part of his family. Which is his fifth name, Prince of Peace. This one's good. In a world filled with war and violence, it's difficult to see how Jesus could be the all-powerful God who acts in human history and be the embodiment of peace. But... What do you think of when you think of peace? 
What do you think of? Justice. Justice? Okay. Quiet, calm. Okay. Hmm? Comfort. Comfort? Mm-hmm. Those are all good. Lack of conflict, yep. All right. Physical safety and political harmony don't necessarily reflect the kind of peace that he's talking about. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. It's often used in reference to an appearance of calm and tranquility of individuals, groups, and nations. But the Greek word, erim, means unity and accord. But the deeper, more foundational meaning of peace is the spiritual harmony brought about by an individual's restoration with God. What do you mean, Ryan? Meaning, he paid your price. It says in Romans 5, I believe, that we were God's enemies. You know why? Because in each and every one of our life, we have said, screw you, God, in some way, shape, or form. I want something more than you. And I don't know about you, but when people do this to me, <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with you. Right? It was an old song. It's way before your time. It talked about speaking to the hand. <laughs> Speak to the hand. Anyway. Um, but we were God's enemies. From birth, we gave up our right to be God's friends because we wanted something more than him. You know how I know? Because my two-year-old, at two years old, learned one word. Mine! You know what that equates to? Selfishness. And it still continues. To this day, that's mine! No, it's not! You know whose it is? Mine, because I paid for it. Um, <laughs> uh, it's on loan for right now. Um, but yeah, in our sinful state, we are enemies with God. Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How many of you guys would do that for your mortal en enemy? You would die. You would give up your life. You'll give up your lunch. Yeah, probably nobody. Yet God, he chose to give his most... His most close, adored person that he has loved for all eternity. He gave his son for us. When I spat in his face... And I said, no, I don't want you. I want X, Y, Z. I want this boy. I want this girl more than you. I want my phone more than you. I want video games more than you. I want to spend time with my friends more than you. I want to do things without you because I can do it by myself. You know what that's called? And we've all done it. 
But Jesus, he came as a baby, knew the disgusting junk that I would do, and he became it. We talked about that last week. He became it. He didn't just say, oh, I'm going to die for it. He became it. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. But Christ's sacrifice provides more for us than just eternal peace. It also allows us to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Gosh, I really, really want to go into this. little tidbit. Next year, we're going to talk about Holy Spirit in detail. It's going to be fun. You guys are going to get rocked. No, no, no. It's like two months away. Two months. Two months. Next year is two months. Yeah. Fifteen days is the end of the month or end of the year. Okay, maybe nine weeks. I'll go that way. Nine weeks. But Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not wind. He's not fire. He may be like those and resemble those, but he is a person. He has a mind, will, and emotions. And he lives on the inside of you. I'm going to close after this. I want you guys to think about this. So Jesus became sin. He who knew no sin became sin so that I might become the righteousness of God. So if I became the righteousness of God, does that mean that uh, okay, so I might become the righteousness of God. And it says in 1 John 1 that the blood removes all all unrighteousness. Have you guys ever read that verse? So if all unrighteousness is gone, what's left? All unrighteousness is gone. Purity and righteousness. Write this question down if you have your notes. How clean did the blood of Jesus make you in order for Holy Spirit to live in you? Did you catch that? How clean did the blood of Jesus make you for Holy Spirit to live in you? Because what did we just talk about? We were enemies, right? We were full of sin. We were deserving of God's wrath. We were done, right? We were dirty. And now Holy Spirit lives in us? Here's my thought process. If I was dirty... And Holy Spirit, who is pure holiness, came walking into my temple, I would explode. Right? So the question remains, how clean did the blood of Jesus make you in order for Holy Spirit to live in you? Spotless. In fact, the word says, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Are you guys catching this? This goes totally against what we think. Right? <laughs> That's why we need to have our minds renewed. That's why getting into the Word is so important. Because it will rewire the way that you think. I didn't get like this overnight.
It's taking time and being like, okay, God, why? How, how on earth did my body become your temple? It's asking God those kind of questions. How? Why? I'm not good. At least I think I'm not good. How do you see me? How do you see me? Because how I see me is terrible. <laughs> I see dirt. You see holy holiness? What? I see all the junk that I've ever done. You don't see any of it? It's thrown into a sea called forgetfulness? What? And now he gives you his spirit to be able to live like Jesus. Is this good? Okay. So further, the Holy Spirit will manifest himself in us by having us live in ways we couldn't possibly live on our own, including filling our lives with his fruit. But it's his fruit, not ours. We'll get into that further down the road. So, tonight, I just wanted to bring this to you. Jesus is wonderful. He is full of wonder. You cannot exhaust how beautiful, how glorious, how majestic, how amazing, holy you put in the, you put in the thing he is. You can't. Number two, he's your counselor. Anytime that you need help, he is there for you. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. He is more powerful than anything that you put in front of him. So what do you need help with today? Everlasting Father, he wants to be the one that protects you. He wants to be the one that provides for you. And number five, he's your Prince of Peace. He made a way for you to go to the Father and have peace forever. All the while bringing you calm and restoration. <laughs> but. Cool. You guys good? Yeah. All right. Why don't we pray? And then we can, we can hang out and chill. Jesus, I thank you for this season. I thank you so much that you, being God, didn't consider it equality with God, something to be grasped, but you gave up your divine privileges and you came down as a baby. And God, we maybe get caught up in the lights and, and the presents and the, the cookies and the family and uh, all the hustle and bustle of Christmas. But God, don't let us miss what you came to do. Jesus, you came as a baby, fully God, fully man. You, you came to live our life better than we could. You came to fulfill the law. You came to fulfill the things that we couldn't fulfill on our own. And you came and you died so that we could be brand new, so that Holy Spirit could live on the inside of us. God, there is nothing better than being with you. And I'm so glad, I'm so grateful to you that you chose to come and die and raise again so that we could do the same. So that we could have newness of life. So that we could be full of Holy Spirit. 
and manifest your nature to a world that is dying. God, I ask that you would help us this week just to remember what you did. I ask, God, that you would help us to remember how amazing it was to look at a baby in a manger. Don't let us, don't let us lose our wonder. We worship you, Jesus. You are worthy of all of our praise, glory, and adoration, Lord. We worship you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.